God. Thank you for being here tonight. And I hope that you had a wonderful time with family over this Christmas, this holiday season. And uh, it, it, certainly, it certainly is a wonderful time as we get to remember. We get to think back. We take, get to take some time and remember from the cross to the crown all that Jesus has done for us and coming to earth and putting on the, the form of human flesh uh, all to die for us, all because of his great love for each and every one of us. And, and I don't consider myself a Grinch, okay? I don't. I, I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love the lights. Uh, I love the food. And, man, we, we, had some, we had some food over this Christmas holiday, let me tell you. It was, it was something else. It was something else. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's over in that, in that respect because I'm going to have to start shopping for more suits if I continue eating in the way that I have the last couple of days. I'm telling you, it's been, it's been a joy. It's been a blessing. And I love Christmas. But, it, you know, it, for me, it kind of gets to the point where it's like, okay, okay, it's over. All right. We're good. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. It was great. I enjoyed wearing red or green every day. It was awesome. But I can wear blue now. It's okay. And praise God for it. <laughs> you know, I, I almost get to the place where, okay, okay. I mean, it was good, but it's, it's almost too much. It's almost too much of a good thing. And you see some of you real festive people are looking up at me right now and saying, sacrilege, Brother Drew, sacrilege. You can't have too much Christmas. You need to get right with God. And perhaps you're right. Uh, but I, I'm telling you, for me, it gets to a point where I'm like, all right, whew, we're, 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 we're through that. Now we get to look forward to New Year's and get to look forward to the, to, to the next thing on the calendar, if you will. And one of the things that I, that, you know, is kind of one of those, is, is that shopping for presents, you know. I, I like shopping for presents to a point. And then it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I can't think about this anymore. And, 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 and we did, we got it. We got, we got it done this year. We got it all. Christmas shopping for the kids with the kids. That's a feat right there. That's a skill right there. Because you've got to kind of have one in this card over here with that parent. And you're shopping for the other two kids. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. If you've, ever, if you've ever tried to do that before, man, it was, it, was, it was an exciting day. It sure was. But I got to the end, and I'm like, all right, we got all the gifts bought. And then we got the, all the gifts given out, and it was, oh, this is great. And then my wife went shopping today. And she told me, yeah, we got to get some things. i got to go grocery shopping. You know, you, you know how it is, fellas? She's going grocery shopping. And then she comes back, and she says, oh, Every, all the Christmas stuff was 50% off. Man, I got some deals. I got this for presents for next year. I'm like, next year? That's like over 300 days away. We're already thinking about next year? But uh, evidently, we're already thinking about next year. And praise the Lord for my wife. She takes care of all that, and, 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 and I, I'd be lost without her. But man, I was thinking in the back of my mind, how in the world are you, are you still thinking about Christmas shopping right now? It's too much. It's too much for me. And not in the same exact way, but tonight I want us to consider this question from the Word of God. How much is too much? As we look forward to this next year that the Lord has given us, if he tarries, 2024. It seems like we just started 2023. I don't know, I don't know what's happening uh, to, to, to the years, but they're, just, they're clicking by. And I'm told it just gets faster. I'm told I haven't seen nothing yet. And so I'm really getting kind of nervous. But here we have a new, a new year ahead of us, new opportunities to serve God, new ways in which we can, <laughs> Lord willing, be effective in his ministry. And how much is too much? 
Let's uh, pause while I ask God to pray. We'll pray while I ask God to help us, and then we'll dive into the Word tonight. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you so much for your Word. We thank you that we can trust it. We thank you we can put all of our dependence upon it. We thank you that every time it's open, Lord, it's an opportunity for us to grow and to be changed. And I pray, Lord, tonight as the Word is open that you'd hide me behind the cross and that you would speak to us this evening from your Word. Lord, challenge all of us. Challenge me as we consider this topic tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Exodus 35 is where your Bibles are opened, and, and I want us to begin reading. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit for sake of time, but uh, to begin reading, if you would, in verse number 4 of Exodus 35. The Bible says, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring, an, bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood, and oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, and onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and the breastplate, and every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded." And these next section of verses talks about the different things the Lord's commanded in, in, in regards to building the tabernacle, the place where God would dwell, the place where God's people would worship him. Let's skip down to verse number 20. The Bible says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all his service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and all jewels of gold, and every man that offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. And every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering, and every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women in whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of the work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And it continues talking about some of the different specific individuals who came and would have a part in, in creating this tabernacle. But look down, if you would, over in verse 36 now, or chapter 36 now, down in verse 4 of chapter 36. Listen to this. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, look at verse 7, For the stuff they had was sufficient for the work to make it, and too much. Too much. It really is boggling to the mind as you stop to consider what's going on in this passage. God, through his servant Moses, says, bring an offering. 
Bring an offering for the tabernacle. Bring an offering so that we may construct this tabernacle, a place where God may dwell, where we may worship and meet with him. And the Bible says the people responded. And they, they brought And they brought what they had. The rulers, up to the least of the people, brought what they had. And they continued bringing it. And it got to the point where the the workmen come to Moses and they say, Moses, you're going to have to put a stop to this. I mean, they have brought so much stuff. It's sufficient to the work and it's too much. And maybe in the first time in history and probably the, the last time in history... They stopped the offering right there in the middle. <laughs> you ever been in a service where they stopped the offering? Okay, oh, well, well let's, let's stop. Bring the plates back up here. We got too much. <laughs> I've never been in one. It was too much. And we don't see anywhere in this passage where there's people, that, that, that Moses is browbeating them. We don't see anywhere where he's twisting their arm to make them give this offering. No. In fact, the Bible says they came with willing hearts. And they brought this offering to the Lord. And so I want us to consider here this offering, and then we'll consider another passage where this same or a very similar phrase is used. And I want you to notice it. We're going to call this, this group of people the Moses generation, if you will. The Moses generation. And I want you to notice some things about the Moses generation. Notice some things about how they were willing and how they were able to give this offering. I want you to notice, first of all, that they were sanctified. They were a sanctified generation. You see, not too many chapters before this, we find in Exodus 32, the story of the golden calf. A real low time, if you will, in Israel's history. A time where it seemed so quickly they turned away from following the living God, turned away from the one who had delivered them through miraculous hand from Egypt, through the Red Sea, had met their daily needs, and they quickly turned away to an idol. All because the man of God was up in the mountain and we haven't seen him for a while. He he didn't come down in the time we thought he should come down. We don't know if he's alive or dead, so we're going to make a calf. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) It's funny how quickly and how slippery the slope is when you start to turn away from God. And how quickly all semblance of common sense and good logic go out the window. (laughs) And we see another call for an offering. Aaron says, bring me your gold. Bring me your earrings. Bring them to me. And again, we don't see any hesitation on the part of the people. They said, all right, yeah, here you go. (laughs) Here's some gold, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, we just got this from the Egyptians not too long ago. Well, this one, this one right here was from, from, from great grandma. We've been holding on to this one for a while, but hey, for the golden calf, you can have it. We see God's people Start off worshiping Jehovah, at least they thought they were. Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord, they said. But very quickly, that feast, that celebration, that worship service descended into the abyss as they rose up to eat and to drink and rose up to play. A wicked, immoral scene. And we see the judgment of God upon them. We see Moses coming down and and throwing the Ten Commandments, the the tables of stone he had just received from God, and smashing them into pieces. We see the plague of God that fell upon his people. We see the the, the, the Levites arm themselves and turn against their own brothers when Moses said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come and stand with me. And only the Levites came. What a terrible 
horrific day it was in Israel's history. But I believe it was one that turned them back to their God. Because for the second time, God wrote down those Ten Commandments and Moses brought them down the second time and they were read in in front of all the people. And in response to God's word, I believe God's people got right with God. And let me tell you, there's power when God's people are right and in a right relationship with their God, set apart to their God. No, No longer looking at some idol. No longer turn to the left or to the right, but have their eyes and their gaze fixed upon their God. You see, if God doesn't have you, if he doesn't have you first and foremost, he's not too worried about your offering. He's not too worried about it. People get this wrong idea that they think God's out for their money or God's out for for, for what they can do for him. God doesn't need us. It's our privilege to serve him. It's our privilege to give to him. And when we are right with God, then our offering can be right. And then we can give. And it's not like, it's not, oh, I have to give, but I get to give to my God. Psalm 119, verse 9, the Bible reminds us, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. And oh, if we don't need a, a revival of God's word in our lives and in our churches that we would get back to immersing ourselves in the word of God. I believe that's where it began. I believe it was God's word that made the difference here in this story. Uh, But not only do I see that they were sanctified, but number two, I see that they were stirred up. They were stirred up. All throughout this passage, you see that phrase, stirred up. You see it in verse number 21 there of Exodus 35. They came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. In verse 26, the women whose heart stirred them up. Verse number 2 of, 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 of chapter 36, everyone whose heart stirred them up. Over and over you see this phrase used. Stirred up. And can I ask you something? Are you stirred up tonight? Perhaps a better question would be not are you stirred up, but what are you stirred up about? And we can be stirred up about a lot of things. We can be all up in arms about a lot of things. You can turn on the news and you can be stirred up about a lot of things. You can open the Facebook page and you can get stirred up in a real short amount of time. (laughs) But what are we stirred up about? Are we stirred up about things that are not really going to last for eternity? Are we stirred up about the temporal or are we stirred up about the eternal? And I want you to see God's people here, they're stirred up, I believe, as we've already talked about, by the word of God. But I believe they were also stirred up by the need. They saw the need. (laughs) They said, God, we got to build this thing. And and we have to have it. We, We want God's presence among us. We want this place where we can worship him. We have to have it. And so because they saw the need, they were willing to give. And willing to give to the extent that Moses said, it's too much. You can stop now. It's too much. I ask you, are you stirred up tonight? Am I stirred up tonight? Or are we just kind of even keel? I think being even keel is good. I don't think we ought to be stirred up to anger and stirred up to stress. But I think that we ought to have some fire in our bones. We ought to have something that's getting us out of bed in the morning. (laughs) We need, we need that stirring. We need that stirring. 
You know, I, I, I like a cookout. How many of you like a good cookout? I mean, we, we, well, the last couple of days, we've almost had cookout weather. I mean, it's been, it's been kind of nice out there in December. Praise the Lord. I like a good cookout. I like to get the grill going. And, and I don't have a grill right now. It's, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a sad thing. But you know, hopefully one day we'll, we'll, we'll get the big old grill. You know, the big Weber, the big Weber grill, the big one. You know what I'm talking about, the big grill. You get it fired up. And you don't put broccoli on there, praise God. You put meat on the grill. Hallelujah. Put your burger on there. Some, 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 uh, some hot dogs, or for the adults in the room, some brats. Or classy, amen. And maybe some chicken on there, hallelujah. I like a good cookout. But have you ever had this unfortunate experience happen to you? I mean, it could just ruin your day. It's just, it's just a sad, unfortunate experience. You, you, get your, you get your paper plate, and you get your, your, your bun. You put your bun on there. And you go, and, and maybe, maybe you've got a good grill master who just right off the grill onto the bun. You know what I mean? That's, that's good stuff right there. It doesn't even have a chance to get cold. It just goes right on there. Right on there, man. It's good stuff. And you've got, you got your burger on there. You've know, got your American cheese. And then you start loading that thing up. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm talking the tomatoes. Get the tomatoes on there. Get the lettuce on there. If, if you're feeling real daring, you put the onions on there. I'm telling you, oh, man, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And then perhaps you say, you know what this, this burger needs? It needs some mustard. Or maybe you're not a mustard person. You're more of a ketchup person. I need some ketchup on my burger. And so you go and you grab that, that lovely condiment of choice. And, you know, it, it hadn't been used because you were the first one in line. You know what I mean? It's the cookout. And so, you know, <laughs> so the, the food's ready. I, I, I'm there. I'm there, okay? And so you get that condiment. You open up the top. And you pour that thing, you, you flip that thing upside down, and you squeeze. And what comes out of there? Y'all can talk. It's okay. It's Wednesday night. What comes out of there? Water. Y'all ever had that experience? I'm telling you, it ruined your day. You get all excited about that burger, and now you have a soggy top bun. So what you do is you get that bun, and you, when no one's looking, you go back over to the package, okay, and you swap that out. <laughs> Leave that mine in there for somebody else to find it. You swap that out for a fresh one. But what you got to do, before you use that ketchup, before you use that, that mustard, maybe you're a salad dressing person, before you use that salad dressing, what you got to do, you got to shake it up. You got to stir it up. You got to get it, get it all mixed together again. Why? Because the good stuff's at the bottom. <laughs> and sometimes we need a little bit of that. Shake us out of our complacency. Shake us out of our apathy. Shake us out of our routine and our schedule. Get us on fire for God. And I'm telling you, the Word of God will do that. The Word of God will do that for you. And the need, as you as Jesus lift up your eyes and look in the fields and don't just see him as the annoying guy that's, that just cuts you off. Oh, the person who's in the, the, the 10 or less in the, in the grocery store checkout lane, and he's, you know, <laughs> 10 or more is in the cart, not 10 or less. But we would look, lift up our eyes and we'd see him as the white harvest they are. See the need. The need is great, folks. Greater perhaps than it's ever been. <laughs> the population's exploding. There's people everywhere that need Jesus. People everywhere that are dying and on their way to hell. People everywhere that have no hope. We have the answer. We have life. And we need to give it out. They were stirred up. But number three, I want you to notice, not only were they sanctified and stirred up, but they were surrendered. They were surrendered. 
throughout this passage, you also see not only were they stirred up, but you see this phrase, willing-hearted, or spirit-made-willing, or willing-offering, used all throughout. They were surrendered. I, I, I read a good portion of this passage because I wanted you to see everybody jumped in. And there wasn't, there wasn't any group of people that weren't, that weren't all in with, with this right here. The rulers say, hey, we got, we got precious stones. We'll bring those. <laughs> there were some that said, hey, we got gold. We got silver. We'll bring that. Some ladies who said, well, we don't have a whole lot, but we got these. <laughs> we'll spin the goat's hair. We'll do what we got to do. We got some red badger skins. <laughs> we'll bring those. They, they, they were They were willing. They were surrendered. And I believe that the mindset was, one of the verses that we read here, it said the Lord's offering. Verse 24, everyone that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. I think that was an intentional phrasing right there. I don't think God just randomly put, oh, we'll just call it the Lord's offering. I think that was intentional. Because it's all his. <laughs> the second we start thinking it's ours, we start getting in trouble. My money, my paycheck, my resources. Every good gift and every perfect gift doesn't come from me. It comes from above, James tells us. <laughs> they say, it's, it's the Lord's offering. We're, we're giving it to him. <laughs> it's his and we're just giving it back. He's blessed us and we're just going to give it right back to him. And again, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have precious stones in order to bring an offering. <laughs> you just got to have a willing heart. Bring what you have. Give what you have. Oh, I don't have much. <laughs> have you ever read the, the Word of God and seen what God can do with a little bit? You ever seen what God can do with five loaves and two fish? Phew. You can put out the best buffet you've ever seen. All you can eat. They were surrendered. It's not 10% God's and 90% mine. It's 100% God's. It's all his. But I want to show you another passage here this evening briefly, and it's in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 12 is where I want you to turn. As we contrast the Moses generation, who were sanctified, were stirred up, and were surrendered, I want you to see another generation here in 1 Kings 12. To give you a little background here, the, the, the kingdom is, is in a, in a, kind of in a bad place right now. Under David, the kingdom was expanded and God's blessing was seen through victory after victory under King David. And in the time after him, in the time of King Solomon, a time of relative peace, again, God's blessing was experienced in a great way. But now Solomon is passing off the scene. And now the kingdom will be turned over to his son, Rehoboam. And to kind of summarize what's going on here, many of you probably know the story, but the, the, the people come to Rehoboam as he's about to be crowned king, and they say, hey, man, <laughs> oh, things were good under your dad, but, but the taxes, I mean, we were building, we were building the, the temple. We had a lot going on, and, 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 and the taxes were high. It was, it was kind of killing us. He was kind of killing us with the taxes a little bit, Rehoboam. Now listen, man, if you could do us a favor and just kind of ease up on us a little bit, lower those taxes a little bit, we would sure appreciate it. We, you, you'll have our support. You'll have our loyalty. You do that for us, and you're the man. 
And Rehoboam said, well, let me, let me consult some of, the, uh, the, some of the older men and see what they, what, what they think. And he consults them and they say, yeah, yeah, your dad, he was, he was rough on him a little bit. This is probably a wise choice for you to kind of ease up on the people. Be a wise choice for you to cut their taxes a little bit. You should listen to them. You'll have their support. This is a great idea. But old Rehoboam had some, some little friends. <laughs> so I'm going to see what my, my buddies think. The real wise young men, you know, around my age who have experienced so much of life. I'm going to see what they think about all this. <laughs> and I oh, Rehoboam. You know what these people are doing? They're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to make you look weak. You know, they're, they're trying to pull one over on you, Rehoboam. Don't you give an inch. In fact, tell them that you, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think my dad was bad. Wait till you see me. And so the kingdom is divided. And the northern tribes, northern ten tribes, they follow after a young man by the name of Jeroboam. And the kingdom is divided. But I want you to notice what takes place and what Jeroboam decides to do in verse number 25 of 1 Kings 12. Jeroboam now has, has this new power, has this, 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 these tribes that are following after him, and he decides, listen, i got to solidify my reign. i got to make sure that they're not going to go back to Rehoboam. Verse 25 of the Bible says, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein, and went out from thence and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Verse 28, whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. Oh, I've heard that somewhere before. Two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much. It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. Same phrase. Much different tone. Moses gets up before the people. Whoa, hey guys, it's too much. It's too much. You're giving. We've got to have to stop the offering. This is amazing. But old Jeroboam gets up before the people and says, it's too much. Too much. Go all the way to Jerusalem. Oh, such a long journey. Such a long walk. All those days wasted traveling back and forth. It's too much. Let me, let me, let me build you a little, a little calf. And we'll put it right over there in the neighborhood. And you can just go there and worship God. Because, because going all the way to Jerusalem, well, that's just, that's too much to ask. You see the difference? <laughs> Between the Moses generation and the Jeroboam generation? It's too much. I want you to notice that these, this Jeroboam generation, <laughs> I look at them and I see that they were, they were self-reliant. They were self-reliant. They thought, you know, yeah, things were great under David. Man, we fought, and God gave us the victory. Things were great under David. 
Oh, man, things were wonderful under Solomon. The land got to experience rest. We got to build the temple. Things were wonderful under Solomon. But, ah, we got it from here. Ah, we, we, you know, we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't need all that. We got it from here. And it's amazing to me how what David's generation fought for and Solomon's generation enjoyed. Rehoboam and Jeroboam's generation were ready to just throw it to the wind. Who needs the blessing of God? Who needs to do things God's way? That's so old-fashioned. Go all the way down to Jerusalem? Nah. Grandpa used to do that. We worship in Dan now. We got a shiny calf and everything. Amazing to me. They took for granted God's blessing. Thought, ah, things have been good. Things will continue to be good. We can do our own thing and nothing will happen. Nothing bad will happen. They were self-reliant, but I want you to notice they were, not only were they self-reliant, but they were also selfish. Selfish. It was all about ease and convenience. And boy, if that ain't the, <laughs> the society we live in today. Ease and convenience. But you know what? It's real easy for us to point at the society and say, ah, a bunch of lazy, ease and convenience people over there. But, but, but you know, when we start looking inward a little bit, if we're not careful, the little bit of the society can worm its way into our hearts and into our lives. And we can find ourselves making choices not based on the word of God, not based on what God's word says and, and what the wise thing to do is, but based on what? what's easy, what's convenient, <laughs> what won't put us out too much. Now, I realize I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd, okay? I, I realize that. <laughs> Praise the Lord for y'all being here on a Wednesday, a couple days after Christmas. Amen. But even in the Wednesday night crowd, we can get a little Jeroboam in us. Oh, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm in church on Wednesday. I, you know, that, that, all that's too much. <laughs> I, share the gospel. I, I can give a track, but anything more than that, that's just too much. It's too much. Holiness, well, you know, in this area, yes. But this area over here, that's just too much. And if we're not careful, we can let this mindset of it's too much worm its way into our hearts. When the fact and the truth is, is there anything that's too much for him to ask of us? They were self-reliant. They were selfish. But thirdly, they were short-sighted. They were short-sighted. They only thought about the here and now. We're still worshiping God. It's just a, a different spot. Well, we're still worshiping God. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Well, keep reading the book of 1 Kings, and you'll find out exactly the worst that could happen. <laughs> Israel really wouldn't have a good king in their, whole, in their whole history here. And they would swirl further and further down into the abyss and, and, and until they, they got to the place where they were living just like the heathen around them, and worse, sacrificing their kids to false idols. How bad could it get? <laughs> and a little compromise by the Jeroboam generation, oh my, 
what carnage and destruction it would mean for future generations. We can't afford to let this mindset get in our hearts and into our lives. It's too much. Because again, I've heard it said that the, 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 the things that we let slip, the, the next generation is going to take them even further. So what's too much for us is going to be too much for them. And then they're going to add a few more things that are too much. Oh, read my Bible, that's too much. <laughs> going to church, that's too much. I'm just going to commune with God on, on the fishing boat. That'll be good enough for me. It sneaks in, but man, does it wreak havoc. Too much, too much. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. And I want to show you this, this, this little tidbit from the life of King Hezekiah. These sad, sad verses. God, in his gracious mercy, gave Hezekiah extra life, more years to live, if you will, because Hezekiah asked him to. And then Hezekiah, in a, in a, just lost his mind, if you will, and in, 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 in the pride of his own heart, brought God's enemies into the city and showed them the wealth of the city. And God told him, Hezekiah, that was a bad move, buddy. That was a bad move. And judgment is going to fall because of your decision. And those same enemies of God that you brought into the city, are, they're going to come back and they're going to take everything that, they, that you showed them. They're going to take it all. And look at Hezekiah's response to this pronouncement of judgment. Verse number 16, let's start reading there of 2 Kings 20. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Look at verse 19. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. What? Good? <laughs> all your, all, the wealth of the kingdom is going to be taken? Your, your sons, your grandsons will be taken to Babylon and made eunuchs? What is good about that? Verse 19, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days. Wow. Oh, it's, it's good news, Isaiah. Good news. Yeah, judgment's coming, but it's, at least it'll miss me. <laughs> my boy can deal with that. Wow. And I don't know about you, but I sure don't want to be in my life. And, and <laughs> I, need, I ask God for help on a regular basis because... It's so easy for it to creep in. I don't want anything in my life, any compromise in my life, to lead to God's judgment upon those that come after me. I don't want to leave the door open. I don't want him to even get a toe in. I don't want to be, be, be heard or be seen or, or even think, oh, it's just this, this, this thing God's asking of me too much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the road as it is. I'm serving God as it is. I mean, shouldn't God be happy I'm doing this for him? Oh, no, 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 no. 
After all he's done for me, how can I do less than give him my best and live for him completely? After all he's done for me. And I ask you, how much is too much? Is there any area in your life where this, this Jeroboam mindset has crept in? And you said, ah, ah, I know God's working in my heart about this. or Maybe some other time. It's just too much to ask. I've given up so much for God already. I serve him so much already. It's just too much. It's too much to ask. My prayer is that I would be like that Moses generation. <laughs> where, I, I, again, I don't know that it would be even possible. But where somebody could look at me and say, man, he's doing too much. <laughs> he's too sold out for God. He loves God too much. And that'd be a challenge to him. Too much. Same words. Two very, very different connotations. I ask you, is it too much? Shall I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? A verse of the song, Am I a Soldier of the Cross? May God forgive us. And may God help us as we look forward to 2024 to give Him everything. It's all His anyway. But y'all, there's really nothing else worth living for. It's all empty. It's all vain. It's all going to burn up. <laughs> We're best off using our earthly resources and converting them into heavenly treasure by giving it all to God. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. Really, Lord, no amount is too much to give back to the one who gave us everything. I pray, Lord, that you would stir in us. Help me, Lord. I so struggle in this area. I want to hold on instead of give it all to you. Would you help us this year, Lord, that this would be the year. <laughs> this would be the year, Lord, where we would give it all to you. And Lord, see... <laughs> See the truth lived out in our lives that you cannot outgive God. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name I pray.